Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. Glad you've joined us today on this Tuesday for another episode in which we'll bring some extra insight, observation, and application to last week's text. However, this week will be a little different. We're going to vary from the normal protocol, and I want to answer a question that came in at our Sunday seminar that was held on May 21st on a Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4. We spent a couple of hours looking at the book of Revelation and not necessarily how to interpret it um, specifically, more the various ways to interpret it. And by that, I don't mean necessarily the various views that come out of it. What I mean is we took some time to understand the different approaches to understanding Revelation. This question has come in in response to those uh, to that content and that setting of two hours, uh, what we would call our Sunday seminar, and we called it Reading Revelation, just ways to um, understand Revelation. We did arrive at three approaches. I'll just give you this brief snapshot. Uh, there are probably more. In fact, there is a more recent one called the Eclectic Approach, but we, uh, we mentioned that. We didn't give much detail about it. I think the three primary ways... Uh, and they each have subways, um, no pun intended there, but there are some, uh, you know, secondary ways under these primary ways. I, I think there are three main approaches to reading Revelation. And of course, when you when you determine which way you're going to read it or what's the right way to read it, it then determines, of course, um, and affects how you view uh, the various things in Revelation. But of course, first of all, is what I call the historical approach. The second would be the sequential approach, and then the third is the thematic approach. I'll just leave it with those names. But as we talked about those three ways to understand Revelation, we had a number of questions. We answered most of them. Here's one we did not answer because I, I really, I and the elders, we weren't quite sure of the answer. Uh, I've done a little reading, a little research. I think it uh, will be enough to help provide some insight here. The question is this. Do the different views, and by that we could say the different approaches, we even use the word hermeneutical lens or hermeneutical filter, uh, do these different approaches address the beast and false prophet differently? And I think the answer is yes. Let's just be clear about the answer first of all. Let me now explain a little bit about how they view them differently. Um, I would say the sequential approach to Revelation is going to see the beast and false prophet as a person, possibly an institution, but they will see them in what I call a specific way. I'm going to use that word specific. Of course, a sequential approach means that you are a futurist. You see Revelation as uh, what will take place later, especially chapters 4 through 22. And so they see the beast and the false prophet as actual individuals with names or positions or their actual entities, governments. Um, and you've known that people in the past, and they still do this, they name them, they predict them, uh, they assume um, they'll know who they are. And so a sequential approach will be specific about the beast and false prophet. You could insert the Antichrist here. Uh, the Antichrist and beast, I think, are synonymous. Um 
However, in the thematic approach, they would say that the beast and the false prophet, the Antichrist, um, they're really going to be representative. So there's a word to use in regards to the thematic approach. We would call these, of course, idealists. So a futurist, someone in the sequential um, category, is going to see the beast and false prophet with very specific names and titles. They can be identified in that way, either as a person or as an organization, entity. A thematic uh, person or an idealist who takes the thematic approach is going to not try to reduce the beast or try to identify the beast or false prophet to a specific person. They're going to see that that is a representation or a representative image, perhaps, of of um, the enemies of God, the enemies of Christ. In fact, they would say about the beast that it's the counter, um, the counterfeit uh, imposture. It's the it's the one who tries to uh, imitate Christ. In fact, even to the mortal wound and then his resurrection, or as some would say, his resuscitation. However, you see that. Just know that they see the beast, which is the Antichrist, as like the uh, counterfeit Christ in so many ways, but they're not going to identify it as a future person with the name or as an entity. They're going to simply say it represents the enemies of Christ throughout the ages. Um, in fact, here's what one author, here's how he words it. He says that, um, this chief opponent of Christ cannot be limited to one historical person uh, or entity or epic. He would say, just as Christ's rule spans the whole church age, so the evil activities of these ultimate counterfeits or these counterparts that are evil, uh, they also span the whole age and they're representative of that type of entity or person. So I think the best way to answer the question is, yes, they do see them differently, and a sequential, uh, a sequentialist or a futurist would see it in a specific way or with a specific identity, even down to a name or a person. Um, and a, uh, a, a person who takes the thematic approach, an idealist, would see it as representative, and they would not feel comfortable, more than likely, placing a name uh, to that person or entity. So that's the answer to the question. I, I do think that I have found in some of my research and reading that in all categories, both the historical approach and the sequential approach and the thematic approach, um, most are willing to say it does seem that John, at times, John seems to have Nero in mind in some ways. Now, some would say he's using that as a way to point to a future beast or false prophet. Some would say using that to point to a future specific beast or false prophet. Others would say he's using Nero to point to a more representative um, false prophet or beast that is true in every age. So I won't argue about which way you see that. Just be aware there is some agreement in all three approaches that John does seem to um, write about or point to or reference Nero. And to be honest with you, that does make sense to me as well. Because you always ask yourself, what is the author intending to say to its, to his or her original audience? And knowing that John was in this time frame, Nero was the ruler, there's some real uh, significance to that understanding. And I think it's significant as well that in all three approaches, there is that leaning that Nero may have been in John's mind.
Before I sign off, just one interesting note, and in fact, it's quite humorous as well. As you know, in the sequential approach, or most futurists, they have had uh, a heyday in trying to name the beast and false prophet, the Antichrist, and of course, those he controls and those he uses. Uh, we've had you know people from the Pope uh, to Hitler uh, to Henry Kissinger, uh, and we mentioned some of these last um on the 21st during our Sunday seminar, that there's just been a lot of names that futurists have kind of um, thrown out there as potential antichrists. Um, I didn't know about this one, however, and I did read this week of one who says, and this kind of comes out of the description of the antichrist or the beast's mortal wound and then his resuscitation, and the mortal wound to the beast was on his head. And so I read one author who says this, that, um, he says uh, the Antichrist uh, apparently could be Ronald Reagan or should have been Ronald Reagan or was Ronald Reagan and that he associated the head wound to the press secretary of Ronald Reagan who was James Brady and he made all these connections because of the assassination attempt on Reagan's life and he says because Brady at least partially recovered then that's the fulfillment of Revelation 13.3. So somehow, some futurist is reading Ronald Reagan, James Brady, and that assassination attempt into Revelation, especially 13. In all frankness, I don't know how that person got there, uh, but that is not only intriguing and interesting, I would admit to you it's quite humorous. But to get back to the question that was asked, do the different approaches see the beast and false prophet differently and interpret them differently? The answer is yes. I say sequential approaches, uh, sequential approach type of people, that category sees it specifically. And those in the thematic column, those who are idealists, see it in a representative fashion. <music> 